Welcome to Ballsy, the podcast where I interview successful artists and creators, and how they got the balls to sell their art and turn their practice into a profitable business. As a former entrepreneur turned artist, I realized that being an artist is basically like running a small startup, and you, the artist, are the CEO. I talk to artists about their businesses, talk real numbers, growth hacks, tools and tricks, and how they were ballsy enough to make that their career. Okay, so welcome. So today on Ballsy, we have someone who's definitely gotten the had the balls to start selling his art. Marcus Aitken resides in London. In London, yeah, South London. South London. Okay. Welcome to the pod. So first, as I usually like to start out, just so people have some kind of points of reference, let's talk briefly about your style of work and kind of what kind of work you make, and then we'll dive into the business stuff thereafter. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. But I am a gestural abstract artist. The works I'm making mostly on raw canvas at the moment. And the work, yeah, the work's very intuitive and I let my sort of guide me and I don't plan painting paintings too much. I just let it happen. So that's what I'm doing. I love your, you, you have a very specific abstract style. There's a lot of energy to it. I think really cool colored selections, definitely worth taking a look for those who want to keep up with looking at the art while we're chatting. What is the Instagram? That's the easiest way to, to kind of see it. Yeah. So yeah, just Marcus Aitken underscore. And that's kind of, yeah, I keep stuff as most artists do update on kind of what I'm doing, different projects. So yeah, it's definitely the best place to see it. I also have a newsletter as well, which you can get through on my website. Oh, awesome. I actually have just signed up. So I look forward to reading it. I saw the... that come through. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> So we have a, so usually the way I start these things, and it's the part that fascinates me the most, as we were talking about earlier, I'm a big believer. Everyone has this kind of vision and illusion of an artist. Oh. But at the end of the day, artists are business people, right? You have to like, to go pro, you have to actually sell this stuff. And so the first thing I usually ask artists is one, what did you do before you went pro? What was the, most people start art as a side hustle somewhere and somewhere along the lines, you're like. I think I can pull this off. And so what was that series of events in your life that kind of got you into art full time? Yeah, I've done so many random jobs, like every artist. I'm just thinking, do you know what? It actually started when I was really young. So okay. when I was, I don't even know, I guess in terms of like thinking of my art and selling art as like a actual business opportunity, I think I was like, I don't even know. 15 or something like that. And in the summer holidays, I was very bored and I enjoyed painting. So I started doing these like pop-up portraits of my friends. And then I was selling these terrible portraits <laughs> back to their parents. So I guess that's when it started for me. But yeah, I guess- That is straight... the best I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. These, these por Hopefully no one ever sees these portraits again because one, they're nothing like what I do now. And two, they're absolutely terrible, I'm sure. But yeah, but yeah, I, I guess like my journey, like every, most artists, I went to art school, I graduated and then entered into the real big bad world and thought, ah, what now? And then started working in a frozen yogurt shop. Awesome. Huh. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. I did lots of things, loads of random jobs. Like I was a builder on a laborer on a building site that was not a great job uh, and I were, don't know. were you making art while you were doing this or were you yeah. just like 
Like, yes. like you're, you're doing it personally. Yeah. So basically straight, straight out of uni, I was, I started a jewelry company because it was based at the time I was making sculptures and it was based on the sculptures. And I thought like, how can I monetize this, but still be creative and make something that is like tangible to what I was doing at uni. And I love the creating side of it, but then I realized very quickly, I hate the fashion world and it wasn't very creative I found. So I stopped doing that and yeah, I don't know. I was doing kind of various different creative things all whilst doing all these different random jobs. So I've always had a creative project on the go, but at that point I was making no money. To be honest, I was losing money just buying materials because no one was buying my work then. So you're now making work. Did you find this particular style then, or were you still in your search for it phase? No, yeah, not at all. I think, yeah. So after leaving, I was creating sculptures. Then I went into a bit of like set design stuff with these okay. sculptures, quickly realized that to have the studio space in London is very expensive, especially if you are making sculptures. And I quickly realized that I don't know if I can keep this up. And also it's just the space you need. I wouldn't be able to find it. So I kind of just started thinking about working flat again. And the colors that I was using at the time for the sculptures, they're like these high gloss pink sculptures and greens and stuff. Those colors are still concurrent in my practice now and what I'm doing, which is nice because for me, I can always see a nod back to where I started, although it was, I was creating something entirely different. So yeah, there's definitely like ties to where it began to where I am now. But the, in terms of the actual paintings themselves, they've really changed. It's always been abstract, but it's, it, the style has changed quite a lot. So I used to paint in oils and it was mostly, I went through my blue period where I was kind of like purely painting in blue, which I don't do at all now. I don't really use much blue. And then it yeah, morphed into the colors that I was using back then for the sculptures. And my, I think my style is still developing now as every artist does, but I think it's in the last few years, more fixed, I would say. Now, did you, so you now stumble into this new style Yeah. at some point I assume it started like, how did you know that like, this was, I assume like some of it is the market telling you that it's all, like people started buying your work. What did that progression look like? And at what point did you realize you could stop working at the frozen yogurt place and start doing art? So it's an interesting story. So I, at the time I was working for an art consultancy. Um, so I've always tried to get jobs within the arts, which is very difficult. I'm sure most artists will try to do that out of uni because you want to have your ear to the ground and understand what's happening in the art world. Luckily I did, I got a job as an art consultant, putting together curations for mostly kind of corporate companies. And at the time I was selling various different artists work to a number of different companies in the city of London. And with my boss's permission, I will say, I said to him that, look, I'm painting. I've started doing this for the past year or so. I've picked it up again and I'd love to sell my work through the company, but obviously I can't sell my own work to the company, to the clients. So with his permission, I created a pseudonym of Max Perry. Okay. So along with the other artists, I was basically pitching my own work to these clients face to face oh. without them knowing that these works were me. <laughs> oh, uh, they were so awkward at times. Yeah, it was, but it was great because 
no like no other artist gets the opportunity i'm sure some do in some ways to get brutal honest face-to-face -face feedback from people because a lot of the time i'm sure you can relate people will say to you you know about ask you about your work and more often than not they'll be like yeah it's so great i love it and they won't give any kind of brutal very honest feedback so that was really useful for me and I it was great because i always say there's it. nothing worse than i always say there's nothing worse than it's nice yeah right? i'd rather yeah, yeah. love it or hate it like I, yeah. I struck some sort of emotional chord but it's nice like just it's doesn't do it for me Exactly. It's not, the work isn't pushing someone far enough, is, is usually the way I look at it. Yeah, that's the one way I always tell if something like a poster reel or whatever, or like an image on Instagram, which just goes out to the wide world or whatever. And it's if it, I always know if something's doing well, because I'll start getting a few comments, which people are like, this is terrible or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy that it's reached you. So you're now selling a, as a pseudonym, you're selling, and did your work actually sell or did you? It did, yeah, yeah, did yeah. You push it more than, uh, did you push it more than everybody else? No, I didn't. I, I wait for the right things. I didn't want to be greedy and it was, yeah, for the right kind of spaces and stuff. But yeah, it did sell. And I actually still work with the same company, but now I, as my name, Marcus Aitken. And yeah. And what was so, your price point when you started? With that, because it was not too far off where I am now with my price points, because it's rented art curations in the city and they're exclusive to the company, it's a separate thing in its own. So there was a bit more of a premium on those prices purely because they were rental artworks. So I could get those artworks back after six months and they wouldn't pay the full price as, as if you bought it, for instance. That's nice. Yeah. And as a framework, just give me a range just so I have a, a, an, an idea of what we're looking at. Are we so talking it, anything from, yeah, anything from, uh, I'd say like the most expensive work was like 5,000 pounds. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot. It's good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. If I sell one of those these days, it's great. It's a good day. And so from that, at what point did you decide? Was there like a light bulb moment that went off and you're like, I'm making enough to do this? Or did you just throw it all to the wind? What was the, or did you keep doing your other jobs while you made art? Like what, when was the flip? Yeah, no, I still kept going with that job and onto other jobs as well. But that was the point that I realized that, cause I've always wanted to be an artist and a musician. Those are two things that like, I love, I'm, they're my passions. And whether I was making a, a living off it or making nothing at all, at all I'd still be doing it no matter what. Yeah. But it's at that point that I realized that there is the possibility to make money from this and actually make a living and support myself, which was a real kind of confidence boost for me because I didn't know that I'd heard it and I knew you could do it, but until you actually start doing it, you can't, you don't believe it. Until someone buys your, starts buying your work, like it, it feels like it might, like you always have that feeling like no one's ever going to buy my work. It, yeah. it feels far away until it's not. Exactly, exactly. And it's one of those, there's also the turning point of when you start out, yeah, you rely on like family and friends to support you and they might buy like a print or something like that. And you're like, oh, thank you so much. You'd be doing this, right. whatever. It's when you start having strangers and randomers wanting to buy your work, you're like, oh, this feels amazing. Yeah, there's no better, feel there's no better feeling. So no. let's, that, that's actually a nice segue in terms of prints. So let's talk like the product and revenue side, which is obviously you make full like canvas works. Yes, um, that, that's what, the main what, thing. Yeah. What, 
what other, obviously that's the main thing, but do you sell, do you have other verticals, if you will? Do you do prints? Like I saw something on your website about sculpt kits, which I want to ask about. What are the, like, what are the side hustles or even within the art, like people have multiple revenue streams. Have you found that you have multiple revenue streams and do you find that any of them or are actually worth pursuing? It's yeah, it's a tricky question. So yes, in answer, I do prints. I have a couple of prints out there now. I don't know. I've never been like that in love with prints purely because for me, my work is about the originality of it and that there is one and with an original work, you can see the textures and you can follow the brush marks. I think you do get that to an extent with a print, but some of it is lost. The reason I do prints is because I, I just want to make my work affordable at any sort to anybody, really. I don't want sure. to kind of price people out, basically. So yeah, I mean, I've done a few different prints and they're not, I don't know, I've, I've had, in the past I've done one for 65 pounds. Now they're 85 to 120, something around that. Okay. So not crazy money. It's affordable. Are they, I assume they're limited editions or open editions? Limited always. Yeah. I'd never do like more than a hundred. That's the, okay. the highest edition I've done. I think after that, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not famous enough to do more than that. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have you... them sitting in my studio for years otherwise. Uh, did you play with NFTs or anything like that at all? Or did you get into that craze or you just skipped it? Everybody always asks me about this. I still now even get like text, texts from friends who are not artists and they're like, Marcus, have you heard about NFTs? You should totally do this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've heard about NFTs, man. Oh. Yeah, I did hear about NFTs years ago now. And actually it was a collector of mine who's a young guy, really nice. And we've become friends. And he texted me and was like, look, you've got to get on this. He started doing it. And he said he was creating the NFTs based on other abstract artists work as well as mine. And he was making loads of money. And I was like, okay, that sounds really interesting and tempting. I went through the whole rigmarole of setting it up, creating the NFTs, had it all ready to go. And then I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. They exist, they're out there, but I've never told or put it out there and told anyone that I'm doing them because I just don't know how I feel about them. Something that might make them that much more valuable one day is people like struggle to find them and figure that out and that they live out there in the ether. It's, it, don't worry, you'll have another bite at that apple. Yeah, so this I, one, I, yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things. I, don't, I think the I don't second know. time around. Yeah, I think artists still take advantage the second time around. Like true, like real producing artists will take a, a will, will win the next time. The do you, and do did you ever go back to making sculptures or? No, but it's something I keep thinking about, and I keep I have it on my to do list, and it's been there for a few years actually. But I really there is like a sculptural kind of element in my work. Yeah, I, I was going to say that, and that's where it started actually. So I keep wanting to do it it's just finding the time and the space where i have the freedom to do that because it's something that is a risk and it that i'm not going to be making money from it necessarily it's purely just a passion project because i want to do it and also it's a whole different studio setup which it's going to get messy <laughs> in a different sort of way yeah do you make a, and do you make a lot do you produce a lot of work or like how many pieces a year do you produce on average is it Ooh, relatively good question 
Yeah, I do. I'm quite a prolific producer, I would say. I, I don't know how many I produce in a year. It's hard to say because I think I produce work in projects and series. So if I have a show coming up or something like that, I will like just work flat out for a month or two on this series. But then, yeah, I do make time to just make work for making work's sake. And those are the, that's the best time because you've got no pressures or like expectations in just creating stuff and experimenting, having fun, which is like ultimately what for me, the best thing about making art is. The, you said that you get ready for shows. I've noticed that you've done like a zillion shows. So do you have, and the, so let's like take a turn in terms of. Where do you sell most of your art? Is it like via gallery? Is it through online galleries? Is it via Instagram? Is it via art advisor? What is, what was the path you to sell art and where do you find most of that inbound traffic coming from? It's changed. It has changed what I imagine anyway. I, I know it has, I can just see it and speaking to friends where those selling points have been over time. So initially when I started out, it was very much relying on being in a space in a gallery or like at an art and relying on other people to help me sell those things and, uh, and uh, on the other end of that a good example which i'm sure like most other artists during the covid kind of lockdown thing i used to sell through instagram fairly well but then during the lockdown that like instagram instagram blew up for me and i was selling Every piece that I posted, I would sell the same day. Really? It was like, I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, and more because people would say, oh, it's not available. And then I'd send them my available price list. And then they would buy something off that. It was, I was going into the lockdown. I was really nervous because I, before that I was reliant on physical in-person shows to sell my work. And then off the back of that, I had no idea what was going to happen, but then, yeah, it was by far my most profitable year. So that it's funny. So the idea of, and so many artists, just because we're, we're in this transition where to be in the quote unquote art world, you used to have like that representation and had to have that now, like you can own your, and so you can control like one, the, obviously it's much, much better margin, right? You don't have to give the gallery half. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Two, at build, and so that, that's one of the areas that I'm really curious about is like how, like, it sounds like you just hit it where like your Instagram, just like the images were right. Yeah. They were beautiful. People connected with them and it just created this like amazing little flywheel. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did you ever do like advertising or just posted content? At that time? No, I was, my Instagram page at that time was growing very quickly. It was, it's doing all the things that people complain about Instagram now not doing. And it, it yeah, it, it in a way it, it changed my life and yeah, it made me think, wow, I can actually make a really good, decent living off this. And it was great because I was connecting with lots of other artists as well, having great conversations and then going on to meet them up in real life, as well as like just online and also meeting collectors who I'm still in touch with now. And they, from time to time, they'll come back to me and they'll buy other works. So yeah, it was a really, really good time to learn a lot about what it is to run your own business and most importantly, make strong relationships. Oh, I lost you there. Oh, did you? Yeah, I lost can you. Hear you for me? And now I can hear you. Okay. All right. All right. Do, do you have, do you, 
how much time were you spending making art versus all the things to sell the art that you're making? What is your time split like? Is 50% art? Is it like 20% art? Is it like? Yeah, it depends. It depends at what time in the year you ask me that question. Okay. I'd love to say it's like a 50-50 split, but realistically, it's probably like 20-30% of the time I'm making the actual art. And the rest of the time is creating the content, photographing it, putting together newsletters, emailing people about projects or all the other stuff that comes with being an artist. Yeah, putting together an email list is one of the things that most people neglect and forget and is probably the most important thing for artists because it's direct to your customer. Yeah, I do know what I I like many was I don't need to do that. I've got a great Instagram account. Like <laughs> how wrong was I? So I actually came to it late. I only started doing it I think like a year and a half, two years ago. So I'm I should be have a lot more kind of subscribers than I do. But I was saying that I've, I've still got a, a good amount and it's like it's building nicely now. And how often do you do your newsletter? It's very sporadic. I actually sent one today, but usually one I send one or two a month or something like okay. it's basically just like news on what I'm doing. I also offer like everyone who subscribes on my newsletter, they usually find out about stuff first and they usually get like offers on things on my work as well super at, super. at certain times. So it, there is like a point of being subscribed. So they usually so you get, get something some preferential, for some financial benefit as well as some availability benefit. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I appreciate these people have taken the time and interest to sign up. So I want to give them something back for the, like, yep, sure. the least. Yeah. Do you, now I saw, do you use like third party art sites? Uh, I saw you were Saatchi Art, 20 artists to watch or something like that. Did that come organically? And was that like a boost to your, was that like helpful? Or was that like something like uh, you work to get? And do you use, and following that question, do you use other sites as well? Or just yeah. Saatchi? So yeah, I don't actually use Saatchi Art anymore. I have like art listed on there, but most of those pieces have sold now. Okay. Some on that platform actually. I, I think, yeah, Saatchi Art is a great platform actually. But yeah, I sell on like there. There's a few other like Singular as well. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then a few other kind of like UK-based companies as well. Most I mostly kind of, stick with UK based companies because I know them, I've met them personally. And I think those kind of things are better when you have an actual relationship as a, you know, as opposed to like just over email. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I, w I probably wouldn't sign up to any more now that I have a few. I've started deleting a few of the accounts as well, because I was just didn't sell through them much. And I was like, oh, why am I even on here? Kind of thing. It's just extra admin for me. So I, I want to try and become more self-sufficient as time comes on, to be honest, it goes on. Now, now, do you have like, like a team or a manager, like people below you or people above you, studio assistants, like if you started to scale up in any direction or is it just still completely a one man show? Yeah, no, I've got nine people that, no, of course not. Uh, I would love to say I, I have a team. It's me. That's it. I am the team. I do occasionally like get help from people, but usually it's just like friends. If I've got like a big project coming up, I need help packing and stuff like that. But no, it's just me. So you're the shipping department, you're the painting department, you're the social media department, you're the marketing department. Yes, 
I all of those things. But I like it. It's good. It's nice because you learn everything it is, what it takes to run a business. And I think people get a like a personal kind of service with that. And you know exactly what's happening in your business. There's nothing, there's no kind of like anything lost within that. But yeah, at times, of course, I would love to have someone who could do all the stuff, like the admin stuff that I don't want to do. Oh, yeah, it comes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have, do you do commissions by the way, or do you just do the work you do? Yeah, no, I do commissions. At one point, I think last year I was doing mostly only commissions. Wow. Uh, which was good. I, it depends. Like so the biggest like works that I've created, I think one was like 2.8 meters. There was two, 2.8 meter high canvases that I did as a commission, which I sent to the U S that was a great project. I really enjoyed working that bigger scale. And I usually only create works that size on commission because you know it's expensive buying cost those canvases and all the materials that you've got to use so commissions usually only allow for those kind of projects but yeah it's, it's a mixture really and you charge a different a higher price point for those because you're doing you're going out of your natural production schedule not too much really like i i tend to just i have set size prices for different sizes and i, I feel like if someone yeah, I wouldn't charge that much more, really. If there is something quite specific, obviously there's the shipping to like take into consideration and stuff like that. And if there's like a lot of pre-chat over email and a lot of back and forth and they want tests and stuff like that, I will charge a bit extra on that because it's, it's my time. For sure. Yeah, but no, not really. I don't add a, a premium on it. And do you, what are your best channels in terms of distribution? You think, do you sell more of your work direct? Do you sell more through galleries? Do you sell more through uh, like online channels, more through social channels, which is direct to the website? How does it, how does yours break out? And do you decide to put like effort, time and money behind one of those as they grow? or you just throw it all on the wall and, and pray for the best? It changes at different points. So obviously during lockdown, like my, all of my sales were through Instagram. I was dealing with everything myself. Now we're out of lockdown. And now that Instagram has changed the algorithm, which has been a bit of a really annoying thing. I'm sure you can feel that for yourself. Like everyone I know is I get half the interaction that I did before because people just don't see my posts really annoying but yeah so that used to be the case but nowadays it's I'm more reliant again going back to where I started on galleries and art consultancies that I work with as well as art galleries taking me to art fairs and stuff like that to sell my work now how did you go about getting those relationships and or maintaining those like for the at like the average artist like myself included, what's your, like, how did you get into your first galleries and what was, and like, how do you approach new galleries? And is it only London based or do you have different galleries in different markets? Like, how do you approach that? So initially I think like most, I was just like writing to or DMing, sending a DM to various oh, okay. different galleries and, and I was approaching them, but I wouldn't recommend that actually. I don't, I always think the be better relationships are when people come to you because they like your work. In end of the day, no one's gonna 
sign you up to their gallery if they don't like their work your work some do if like you're they're like a famous artist or whatever because they know through that like fame they're not an artist just someone famous who happens to do what they know through that fame they're gonna make sales but i all of the relationships i have now all of them have contacted me to get me on board and i think that's okay. definitely the way forward but having said that i think when you're starting out it, you do need to hustle you do need to ask people and you do need to say do that and work your way up like a lot of the interviews were early on when i was just starting out i asked for those people i said hey love what you're doing do you want to interview me and right. i think you just need to not to worry about it and feel embarrassed about it it doesn't matter like i'm an artist i'm trying to do i want my name out there and i want people to know about me so what have I got to do? So you just, you speak to people and most of the time you'll get 90% no's, but there's 10% and that might help you get up in the game. And I, and I always find it's even one more than that. It's like that person that you pitch or do whatever might not be the one, but they might remember you three months from now and then be like, oh, you should talk to this artist for this project. Or you should network of people grows and expand. Like the more... Like putting yourself out there never hurt anybody. Like yeah. maybe your ego a little bit, but like talking to more people about your work just means more people talk about you and your work. Exactly, exactly. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely a right and a wrong way to go about it. I think <laughs> like you can always, for me, I've always approached it with like friendliness and openness. Like I will always, if I genuinely, will need to like a page or like a gallery if I want to make an interaction or send them a message about trying to become like part of what they're doing. And I'll tell them like, I really like them, but if they don't like what I'm doing, that's absolutely fine. I'll still be following you either way because I enjoy your content. That's my so, approach to the thing. So you really just reach out and say, Hey, I love your stuff. And that, that, that interaction gets a bunch of eyeballs on your work and the rest is magic because yeah. your work speaks for itself. Yeah, exactly. You can't force someone to like your work. If they like it, if they don't, fine, no problem. I'll move on to the next one. But it's the case. But it's just going about it in the right way. But nowadays, luckily, and it's really nice that people seem to be like, they're coming to me. I've stopped reaching out so much now, which happens organically. Like, it, you've got to put the effort in initially, early days. Yeah, it's. I used to be, in, and before I was an artist, I was in the hospitality business, and I used to own okay. uh, fancy nightclubs and a lot in a different lifetime. And I always used to tell people that like, I knew when I had a, a hit cause my phone would just ring. Like I would hang up and it would ring. I would hang up. It would ring. The second I had to start calling people, I knew it was time to close. It was over. Yeah. Uh, right. That was the signal, like the inbound outbound. If you can get people like knocking on your door, like that's usually a telltale sign that you're doing something correctly. Yeah, you, totally. I see that you also have done, which I don't think some artists do, but you seem to do a lot of like interesting collabs. Can you give me like a little background and how you stumbled into that and how those have worked for you? Yeah. Again, it's organically, but yeah, I love doing them. I've recently, like yesterday, another one, which I think you mentioned earlier, just launched, which is the Sculpt Art Kit, yeah. which I was advising on. And I'm also like the coach and the guide in, in the kit. But yeah, I was going to, I didn't know if that was like a full side, like a full side hustle on your own, or if it was like somebody else put it together and you're like, a, a, like an add on. It was yeah, super no, cool. No. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's one of the, it's not, I think other artists might look at it and be like, oh, that's not very cool, which fine, whatever. But for me, I think art should be accessible and it, it 
enables that for a good price point for someone who has no idea about painting to buy this kit and have a go try it give but, a quick example of what it is so people know what we're talking about so basically it's an abstract art kit for if you are a painter or not or for you're just a beginner yeah. and you always fancy to go but it's everything that you'd need to start and it's like they've also created their foot the first ever collapsible canvas which was really cool because i was thinking i was the first artist ever to use it and yeah it's just a, it's an art kit and i'm like through the guide run you through all the different thing working up like little mock-ups before you go onto the big canvas and all these different kind of tips and methods so yeah it was a really nice project to be part of it's interesting i've talked to a bunch of artists who like realize that their skill set yeah can actually be like put into like class format and one artist i spoke to a, a couple weeks ago basically is has sold like thousand like over a thousand classes of like people looking, he was like a, does like pottery and sculpture, but the yeah. idea that there are these secondary and tertiary businesses that don't require a ton of your time, just like some of your knowledge and experience, yeah. I think is really, I think more artists need to look like it just, it, it can add like a nice, quiet, steady cash flow without you really thinking about it. Yeah, no, definitely. There, there's loads of like art. I constantly getting on my Instagram feed because I'm an artist, like all of these art right. classes advertise me i'm like i don't need that but yeah i see so many artists doing it and running these sessions and i'm like great like awesome i think there's loads of people who are interested in doing those sorts of things yeah um, especially if you like connect with somebody's work like to, if that person can be your teacher it like becomes awesome exactly um, yeah, i thought the kit was super cool thanks thanks yeah no i think it should be amazing advertisement for me because i think they said that their first order so they sell globally is ten thousand kits mm -hmm. So that's 10,000 oh, people who are going to see me and hopefully follow me. So we'll see yeah. how that works out for me. Let's see. See, I love these. I think that it's funny because you sometimes you'll take one of these outside of, of your domain expertise and that turns into such a cash drive. You're like, oh my God, yeah. it doesn't cost like it. It's like software. It just repeats for You have to do it once and then it just it throws itself out there. Passive Ex income, isn't it? Yeah. The true passive income. I've yet to see true passive income, but it's, it's cool. Same, same. That would be nice, but. Yeah, yeah. It's just another thing. And I, I always like to do projects that are different to what I do day to day. So this was one of them and it was not, yeah, fun. There was another cool one for coat. What was that? Yeah, that was one month ago or something like that. So that's a, as a paint company, they use these high quality sustainable paints and they commissioned me to, they, we rented this really cool warehouse space and they commissioned me to paint a large-scale canvas purely using their paints so it's just to showcase like the qualities of the paints and what you can do with the color schemes and we also did do a print you... together so yeah are and do the, are you like a, are, did you get sponsored do you get like free paint now that does it take I, like the... they did give me a lot of free paint so i've still got i've got loads of it and i'm using it it's amazing paint actually because i think it's actually pretty expensive stuff but yeah i don't know i'm, I'm sure if i asked for some more paints i'm sure they would be willing yeah yeah and so that actually brings me an interest like an interesting question so as an artist like where do you spend most of your money like what do you where do you find that you're pushing your dollars towards is it mostly towards supplies and materials is it like marketing stuff is it like what does that look like from a yeah um no, it's, def it's definitely materials i'm lucky in the fact that i don't have normal like studio 
space costs because my studio is a converted loft in my house. So that comes along with my mortgage and all that stuff. So yeah, I would say it's materials. I'm constantly buying paint and I use a lot of paint and thickly. If you've ever watched any of my videos, you can see that I basically throw it onto the canvas. I use it liberally. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why sponsorships are a wonderful, amazing thing. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, my question that actually brings me back to some social stuff. Are you only Instagram or have you branched out into TikTok or YouTube or like any of these other platforms? Or are you just a Instagram down the middle kind of guy? Yeah, Instagram is definitely the main thing for me. I am on TikTok, okay. but I haven't actually told like anybody that I'm on TikTok on my Instagram yet. I've been doing it for in the background for a year or so now, <laughs> just because I can purely because I can see the growth in it and I can see there's still not many artists on TikTok. Not like artist artists. There's like no. a lot of schlock artists. Mm, but yeah, but there, yeah. there's not a lot of, yeah, there's not a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of gallery represented artists knocking it out on TikTok. No, there's hard, I would say there's like practically none on there. So I'm going to keep, I'm not like putting a lot of effort into it and I'm, but I'm, I'm, I am posting on there basically every time I do a reel that yeah. goes into TikTok. So I, I want to try and keep that up because I can see the growth on it. And I don't want to do what I did with Instagram and come to it late and miss out of I, like being... Because, yeah, you hate myself. Yeah, exactly. Everyone does. Everyone does. So I'm trying to keep on top of that. Have you gotten good uptick on it? Because it, it, like, the nice thing about TikTok, I find, is that it takes one or two videos and all of a sudden you go from like zero to 100,000 people in, in a week or something. Like it doesn't take much to, it, it takes one or two great pieces of content to, to change your trajectory completely. Yeah. I wouldn't say like hit the nail on the head with it. Okay. I think of the, the most views I've got. I had one video with like, 17 or 18,000 views, but that's the most. Okay. Okay. Uh, like Instagram, I've had one of my videos is over 100,000. I was like, wow, it's awesome. But yeah. I just had one a couple of weeks ago and it, it was the, one of my least impressive videos ever. It hit yeah. 1.2 million views. You're joking. No, wow. so it, it, I got five. I literally increased my followers by 50%. It was like, it was, I got more views, likes and things than every other post I've ever had combined. Yeah, that's what it takes. Right. It, it's one of those things. But yeah, it's great. Good for you, man. But just a random, and I'm trying to repeat it over, like it's, now it's back to 1,000 views, 500 views, whatever it is. I yeah. just started yeah. a new TikTok account. That one, I think I've, I don't even think I've broken 1,000 yet. So just think with all this stuff, like social, it's just, it's a matter of consistency. It's like everything, yeah. if you're consistent no, no. and thorough and do it day in and day out, like eventually it pays for itself and then some. Yeah, yeah. The going back a little bit on your career, what do you think, did you have any like huge mistakes that you're like, I wish I didn't do that. Or like a, a direction that you like, you kick yourself, you look back and you kick yourself over. God, oh, that's a good question. Cause I'm sure there's probably a lot of things that I have hundreds. I wouldn't repeat. Can't think of anything like big in particular. There's, I don't know. I say that, but at the same time, I think that for me, I only really learn from my mistakes or yeah, I, I'm trying to think mostly with these things you think of like social media. Cause that's like how everybody sees everything. I've always I guess, found my gut. I get, I, I think one of the things I guess is like doing work for free. Like I did quite a lot of that stuff where people will be like, Hey, can you just do this thing? And it'll be great exposure. Always like, when someone says that to you, oh, it'll be worth it for your time and your exposure or whatever. And I just think, ah. Oh, 
yeah all the times which i did earlier yeah and it's like you know and you go on to so great i've got two two followers and i put a couple of days work at least into that for nothing it's like that and then also i think back in the day i did a couple of i get emails i'm sure you do as well all artists do on from like magazines saying oh do you want to be in the magazine we're gonna it only costs this much and you'll go out to sim sort of thing and i did a couple i did a couple of those and obviously nothing came from it and i was like oh, why the hell did I spend the money doing that? Such a waste of time. And yeah, I learned my lesson that way and I won't do it again. Yeah, but by the way, that's the, it's all this stuff is pattern recognition, right? You touch the hot stove once, you're like, okay, they got me. Yeah, yeah. You, like, you try not to do it again and do it and get sucked in. Yeah. The, the, and the opposite of that, the biggest mistake, what do you think, do you have a greatest achievement? Do you have something that you're like super proud of or a, a piece of work or content or a business choice you made that you're like, this completely changed the trajectory of my life? Yeah, I think for me, my, my favorite project and the one which kind of made me step back and then look at what I'd achieved was probably, I did a collaboration with Farah, okay. which is a jeans, like a chat jeans company, but they launched in Japan and they launched it with me. So we did this whole film. It was, it was like good pay. And they basically gave me full creative control, which as an artist is like the dream project. And I got my friends to film the whole thing. They got paid by them as well. But the best part of it was that at the end of it, the end product was they made this film and the jeans that I was wearing, all the paint splatters got reproduced as a limited edition to sell, be sold in Japan. Uh, but the best part of it was that I was getting tagged in all these posts from these people in Japan yeah, buying my jeans with my name in the back of it. And I was like, this is crazy. These people are literally on the other side of the world and like buying a product that I'm part of with my name in the back of their trousers. It, that blew my mind. And I was like, the world's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it's talk about what that does, like just for brand recognition, just for spreading it out there. And the fact that these projects keep finding you and like the yeah. variability of them, which is like from a paint, like that, uh, if nothing else, that really probably speaks to your, the quality and look of the art is that so many people want to be associated with it mm -hmm. on a brand level, which is super cool. Yeah, no, I feel very fortunate for that, that these collaborations and different, like really interesting projects keep coming my way. And yeah, it's, it, they're so exciting to be part of and I love now, doing them. Did, do you think that they feed on each other? Like, do you think those people see that you do collabs and therefore they call you to do collabs or do you think that definitely. it's more? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. I think, I think it just, it's about confidence. If a company sees that yeah. you've done something and that you can do it and you can do it well. It gives them confidence that I'm the right guy for the job. If I'd never done something, they're taking a risk. It's like with any business, you want some sort of proof in the pudding before you invest. That's, that, that's absolutely brilliant. It's all, it's at the end of the day, it's all about confidence. It's like knowing you're the shit. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. So we're coming up to the end. Uh, yeah. of the hour do you have anything up like upcoming that that's do you have shows other collaborations you have other things that are coming down the pike that you want people to know about mind you this is probably has a month to six week delay so if it's somewhat in the future that's probably okay before this it, it, it's the, it hits the actual internet okay that's good actually because but yeah there's a, there is a big project coming up for me before the end of the year okay. which is still in discussion now but i'm very excited about it i can't say give details but basically I think you're based in Miami, right? Correct, sir. Yeah, so I should be coming to Miami in December. 
uh, and Art I'm going to be doing a project. Yeah, project as part of Art. So yeah, that is December. So it depends when this comes out. Hopefully, I will be able to talk about it by that point. I don't know, but yeah, I'm very excited for that. Really excited. <laughs> so I'm very excited to to see what you have in in, in my hometown. I like it. Yeah. The, so maybe me actually. Yeah, in, for sure. in real life, in real life. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Where can people find you? Instagram's the easiest, quickest way I would say, and probably the most interesting because that's where all of like my news and content is. But yeah, I have a website as well, which is marcusaken.com. TikTok, if you do that, yeah, that's pretty much it. Or just what's your, what's your, TikTok, Google. What's your TikTok handle that would now let the world know that you have a secret TikTok handle? That oh, it's going to happen. So it's Marcus Aitken Art. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Everybody go to TikTok. It's the wave of the future. Anyhow, super interesting. Always love to hear how artists have navigated and found and being able to work and operate and build a career as a full-time artist. Thank you for sharing these insights and these details. Super excited to, to, to keep watching your journey. And now that I know you're coming to my town, I'm even more excited to see what you come up with. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been really nice to speak to you. Oh, fantastic. The okay and oh, are you still there? Yeah, I got I'm you. Still here, yeah. Okay, so basically, what I do. Hold on. Would